This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. Hello, our wonderful friend. Welcome once again to your program, The Heart of the Church. We have been looking at interpreting scripture, looking, let's say, from the lens of creation. And for this week, we've done quite a number of topics. Before we go into the study, as we usually do, we have our friends here and our Andrew. Thank you so much for coming, uh, shedding light on God's word with us every time. We ask Gloria to pray with us as we start. Father Lord, we thank you for wonderful study throughout this week. You have pointed us to our origins and those things you instituted in our origins that you would always want us to be mindful of. We pray that you guide us in our further discussions this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we started the whole thing looking at the creation aspect to see how we can interpret scripture or understand the word of God through the eyes of creation, so to speak. And we saw things like in the beginning, then we went to the days of creation where we understood they were literal days. We looked at the Sabbath and creation and I think we understood very well the Sabbath is real and it does exist. We also saw something on the creation and marriage and uh, we looked at the relationship that God gave us and then in creation the fall and then the cross looking at how we have been redeemed back to God. Today we're looking at the summary of all that we have done throughout the week and maybe I'll ask Frank to give us a brief summary, a version of what he has for the whole week. So we are looking at creation. You are looking at creation. We have studied that God used six days to create this universe. And we have evidence in the scripture that God indeed did the creation with Jesus Christ as agent. We also have evidence that <clears throat> there was a point in time, a definite time, that God took that action. And we also have evidence that after he finished with the creation, or after the creation exercise on the seventh day, he hallowed it, he rested. Then again, he gave blessings to mankind. He gave blessings to animals. One of the blessings he gave was marriage. You understand? And the marriage too has another blessing, which is procreation, which the children of the marriage will be a glory or an honor to the parents. So in all this, you see that the Bible is very clear. It's just that because as humans we want to sometimes satisfy our own lusts and desires and inclinations, we impute different meanings into what the Bible says. Okay. And that is why of late we have a very big controversy about the Sabbath day of worship. You understand? God has made it on the seventh day. But because other things have come in, now we have two days. People are confused which is which. Also, please, uh, you said two days. Let's just clear on that one. You mean the days of rest? Yes, we have to. Some are claiming Sunday, some are claiming Saturday. But if you look at the scripture, the scripture is very emphatic on the seventh day. You understand? And in our course of the study, we also identified that that day of rest is linked to creation. So if we are accepting that God created, then indeed we should also accept that 
He is the origin of the Sabbath. Because in Revelation, we are told that as part of the three angels' message, we should fear God, who is the creator of the fountain of waters. You understand? So given that background, it means that if we accept creation that God indeed created, then we should also accept his seventh-day Sabbath. And as I said earlier, because of our inclinations and desires, we have also distorted the meaning of marriage as God originally put it. A relationship between, in fact, a bonding, lasting relationship between a man and a woman. Now we have turned it upside down. And a whole lot. Interesting to note. Uh, thank you so much for that insight. Uh, that's, that's almost the whole thing you've given us to understand what we did the week. I don't know if you want to add anything to it, Gloria, for your version of the summary. Yeah. We are told that God created the world in seven days through the, the, the agent Christ by the use of the word. And you see, if you want to attack something, there was ever one I've read something about the whites and they said, yes, if imperialism was to be successful, we were so much rooted in our culture. We had our culture, our roots had to be attacked. And that was attacked. And that is why we find ourselves now. If you would want to adulterate any teachings or whatever, you start by attacking the roots. So the whole notion, even about our existence, our origin, that the, the world was created in seven days. That is why even that is being what's... Uh, argued about uh-huh. and if God even confirms this whoever accepts the Ten Commandments would know that God even confirms the six seven literal days of creation in the commandments that's tied to the fourth commandment that in six days did he create the world and the seventh day so there's confirmation for us in the Word of God that the world was created in seven days and even as we have in our world systems now, we would come to the seventh day and still go back, that linear way of counting. And again, if we would say that God couldn't have accomplished whatever we see around us in this world within seven days, then let's ask, even if our scientist, whoever, is given billions of years, would any of them be able to create or make any natural thing God has made within those days. It is because we are limited. So if we should use that to compare with the power of God, we cannot create the sea. We cannot create man, even if we are given thousands of years. So with our limited uh, 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 intellectual faculties, we would want to limit the power of God. It does not work as we are. And this brings us back to creation, fall, and then uh, the cross. The cross. That's restoration. We were created in the image of God. We were supposed to be at spa. We would have been able to accomplish all these. That it wouldn't be difficult for us to accept that God it's possible for God to have accomplished this within seven days. But he created us in that perfect uh, state in his image. But because of sin, we are not able to fathom, understand, get to the level of God because yes, what we see now is the fallen nature. But the hope the hope is that there is uh, 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 the gift of the cross through the death of Christ to restore us to that perfect stage. And that would 
be possible for each and every one of us. It's available to all of us if we choose to go by the word that we are going through now. Thank you so much for that insight. And maybe we can take a few questions that have come up and use that to finish up our study. We'll look at um, the science of of this world, so to speak. And usually we tend to lean towards the sciences and then forget about God's word. What danger is in that, please? There is a very great danger. You know, along the week, I mentioned that if I understand that my father feeds me, and the next morning I'm going to him to be fed, then I'll give him the necessary respect. So if we do not accept the fact that God is our creator and that he is our father, he provides for us, then I'm tempted to believe that it all boils down that to the point that humans no longer respect God. And that is uh, the danger of we trying to explain the origin of this world with science. And even to add to that, science is rather to add to our knowledge or to confirm our faith in God. Because scientists do not create whatever they discover. They discover. It means that a power has created that. They only discover. So if someone has created something and you are just making a discovery and see the, the, the look at the sort of uh, credit we give to those who even make discoveries and we think that the one that really made that which has been discovered, we can really disrespect. So science and faith should rather go together. It should rather affirm our faith in God. I, I'm very interested in that point, science and faith. In fact, our science should teach us that there is God more than it brings us the negative aspect. We'll be looking at uh, our study for this week and we'll be looking at the part two of creation, trying to use creation to understand the interpretation of God's word. We'll be looking at creation, the second part of it for this week. Um, We'll be going through a rather interesting study because we saw creation and how it interpreted the scripture for us as we moved along we'll be looking at a flat earth and then we go on to our topic creation in ancient literature we'll also come to see genesis versus paganism and then we'll continue to look at creation and time and then we'll come and look at creation in scripture to conclude on friday with our summaries and so for today maybe i want us to go into the topic the flat earth is the earth flat as we may have gotten to know it to be in the past uh frank you can start the study for us is the earth flat mm. that is a very interesting question if you read some of the extracts in the scripture you may you are tempted to think that it is flat but other extracts of the scripture also gives us that it is not flat. For instance, in Revelation chapter 7, verse 1, we are told that the idea of four corners of the earth, the four corners pointing to the four points on the compass. So if we are able to refer to the earth by four corners, then we can assume it to be flat because it had the four points. But then if you also go into Job, it tells you that the circle of the earth, you understand? But then the most important thing is that 
we understand that the earth is not flat as others indicate, but it is spherical. Yeah, and knowing that the Bible doesn't contradict itself, actually, uh, it may have just been figurative. And exactly. So maybe you can look at the figurative part for us. Is it that the Bible is letting us know the world is spherical in shape? Yes, and just as you rightly said, from the book of Job, even from Isaiah to Job, specifically Job 26, verse 10, he drew a circular horizon on the face of the waters at the boundary of the light and darkness. So this depicts that the earth is what is spherical, way, way, way before scientific uh, discovery indicated this for us. And it's interesting, we don't, we don't have the time, but the book of Job talks about so many other aspects of our earth that were discovered far later. Let's look at, uh, for example, Job chapter 26, verse 7. If you have it, Frank, uh, you can read it for us. And then Job from chapter there we can look at the next question. Verse 7, the Bible says, He stretched out the north over the empty place and hung the earth upon nothing. And today we know the earth actually hangs upon nothing. It's God's... God's strength. So maybe let's look at it in this perspective. The earth is a circle and a sphere, as as Job says. And it's God who put it into being. And how does it help us understand God better, interpret the Bible also better? In fact, it makes us understand God's, uh, the God better. For instance, we accepting all this uh, th- uh, the creation story this is also part of the creation story. So if you accept that indeed God created the earth, then you also have to accept that yes, the earth is also hanging and it is not flat as people indicate. But then the authoritative nature of the scripture still holds. And that is very important for us even while we try to understand some of these things. Okay, Gloria. So maybe you can enlighten us uh, briefly before we close on trying to put ourselves in the shoes of the... Let me say the old, old, old men, old men, the cave people, uh, putting ourselves in their shoes, uh, living so many thousands of years. What evidence we used to have that the world was was either spherical? That is, if you believe in the Bible at that time, I mean, what evidence we used to have that the world was really spherical at that time? That was why at that time the notion was that the earth was flat, mm-hmm. because. As we have it, the earth is flat. We move on flat surface. And the idea that the world evolves, revolves. Uh In fact, but not knowing it was in God's words, and now science has also proved, confirmed that to us. So, the other time, I don't know how they would have managed to believe that, besides what the word of God states. But for us, we have the word of God to prove that together with science. Which means even for them, it would just be the word of God that would let us know the world was spherical at that time. Thank you so much for that insight and we thank the Lord for giving us insight into his word. We pray that as you go through these lessons with us, you'll be enlightening yourself and then you get to know the truth better. We'll ask our sister Gloria to pray with us as we bring the program to a close. Father in heaven, we thank you once again for the opportunity to study into your word. We do commit ourselves and our listeners, viewers also into your hands, dear God. Please continue to show us your way and your path in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And pertaining to creation some more, we'll be looking at creation in ancient literature tomorrow when we come your way. Until then, our cherished friend, have a very good time and stay blessed. 
Dear friend, we would like to receive your feedback, so call us on the number plus two three three five zero one five six one eight four nine plus two three three five zero one five six one eight four nine. You can also email us at the address Adventist World Radio GH at gmail.com. Adventist World Radio GH at gmail.com. You can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS17564, Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. We have another segment for you, and that is Present Truth. You are welcome once again to Present Truth, where the true and pure word of God is shared. I am Pastor Stephen Opukuari. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, I commit yourself into your hands at this moment. Your word is coming. Please use me and speak to your children. Bless every soul that is listening or watching. Let your will be done at the end of the day in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Friend, I am very happy to meet you once again with another powerful word of God. And the Bible is sure, and so we can trust it. This time, our topic is, does God care? Is it true that there is a God out there who cares? Last Wednesday, all the people in Ghana, politicians, the clergy, everyone, we all were made to pray. We were asked to pray and ask God to come and intervene because we are all afraid of COVID-19. My beloved, does God care in this situation? The Bible tells me something in Psalm 42. Psalm 42 verse 3. And the Bible says, Where is thy God? These are the questions, or this is one of the questions people who don't believe and trust in God ask when the people of God are in trouble. When disappointment, when failures, when tears, and when life is very hard and trying and very bitter, people mock God's children and ask, just as the psalmist was asking, where is thy God? Does God really care that we are in trouble? Is it true that God cares so much so that he will come and intervene? If he doesn't care, friends, then our prayers and our fasting last Wednesday would not be, would be in vain. I want to assure you that our God cares. Hallelujah. Our God cares. He loves us. And that is what Psalm 42 verse 3 says. I want to read the whole thing for you. My tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, where is your God? As the believer stands at the deathbed of a beloved child and then at the open grave of the only son who has been the joy and the delight of the home, the thought surges through his mind. 
all of us, sometimes like David, when we are facing challenges, when we are facing troubles, when we are facing tribulations, when there is sickness, when there is divorce, when there is barrenness in our marriage, we all cry. And sometimes we forget and even ask ourselves, does God care? All the, mini, the mystery, the loneliness, the distress and the distraction in this world. Does God care? Friends, I want to assure you that our God really cares. He is the God who has a heart that loves, that cares, that is merciful. No matter our troubles and our problems and our trials, He cares. Where is thy God? People will ask. But I will show you before I end this. Our God is there. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He has love for everyone. Does God care? Yes, my God cares. There he hangs on the cross of Calvary, dying for me and you because he cares. He died for me and you because our God loves us. Jesus shed his blood for every human being, no matter who you are and where you are. And so he cares. God cares. And that is why he didn't spare his son. Romans chapter 8 verse 32 says that if God spared not his own son, but gave him into death to make us heirs of life eternal, then he does care. As we go through this life, which doesn't abide. My friends, no matter your situation, I want to encourage you this day. I want to assure you that because Jesus hangs on the cross, because Jesus died for us, because Jesus died and resurrected, his blood is there to make us free. No matter our helplessness and our hopelessness, he cares. And that is why he died. That alone tells us that our God cares. As I see my Savior dying on the cross to open to me the gates of heaven, I can never say that God has turned his side from me. No, no matter the problems, because of the cross, because of Calvary, because he shed his blood, because he loved not his life, but laid it down for me on the cross, he cares. It is the only answer for you to tell anybody who wants to mock you and ask you, where is your God? I want to let you know that David knew that his God cares. When they were talking about it, he was laughing. As I see my Savior on the cross, like I've said, he is there for me. Where is thy God? There on the cross. Oh, and he has promised to come again. No matter what, even if I die in my problems and my diseases and my sicknesses, no matter what, he has promised to come again. John chapter 14 verse 1 to 3 says, Do not be troubled. Oh, believe in me and believe in, the, in God also because I will come again and wherever I am, I will take you to be with me. This day, friend, don't let your heart to, to be troubled. Don't allow any problem you are going through oh, to weigh you down. God says he cares and he will deliver us 
in the time of trouble. I know Satan's hand, he, Satan will be tied and the Lord shall take over and he will be a, a victory for us. Let us pray even as we put our trust in this God who cares for us. Our Lord and King, we thank you so much for you have said in your word that you care. No matter our problems and our troubles, you are there to save us. You are ready to help us. It is our prayer that you keep us in you, keep trusting in you, so that when you come, even if our troubles take us to our graves, we shall have life eternal in you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, have we prayed. Amen. I am Pastor Sevenu Pukuare. Once again, thank you very much for listening and watching. God bless you. We would like to hear from you. So call us on the number plus 233-5015-61849. Plus 233-5015-61849. You can also email us at the address AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com. AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com. You can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS17564, Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. For AWR Ghana, I am Bell. May God bless you. AWR Ghana, voice of hope. Voice of hope.